This is Tea and Talk, a podcast dedicated to empowering, uplifting, inspiring, and celebrating women. I'm Tefia Stokes, your host, as well as women's health advocate, blogger, blogger, and author of Grow Through It. Everyone has a story, and not everyone's story will start or end the same, but you can't judge a book by its cover. Sometimes it may take a few pages, chapters, or even series to get you to the climax. You will get there if you continue to walk in the path you were destined to walk and keep turning those pages. It's time for you to end that chapter of your life that is holding you back, causing stagnation, self-doubt, self-hate, and negative self-talk. All you have to do is turn the page, sis, and start to write a new chapter. They say a woman is like a cup of tea. You can't tell her strength until you put her in hot water. Well, the water is hot, sis, so let's see your strength. Grab your tea and get comfortable and join me as I get into it on this episode of Tea and Talk. We have made it to seven years. Two days ago on Memorial Day was my husband and I seven-year wedding anniversary. We have been married for seven whole years. That's amazing to me. You don't see that a lot. According to the majority, this is the year in which many marriages dwindle and the happiness fades. It's called the seven-year itch. Well, we aren't the majority. In order to avoid the itch, you have to put in work as you did on day one, right? So many assume that marriage stays in that honeymoon phase without putting in any work to sustain that vibe. You may see it on romantic movies and TV shows. But just like any big purchase that you invest in, it takes work, time, and patience. When you purchase a luxury car, you must make sure that you are maintaining it by proper oil changes, tire rotations, all the stuff that goes into maintaining the upkeep of that car so that it continues to run as it did on day one when you purchased it. With a home that you purchased, you take the time to pick the colors of the paint and place the pieces of furniture with intention. You keep it neat by vacuuming and dusting for cleanliness. Marriage has similarities. The maintenance of that marriage is checking in with each other to make sure that you're on the same page when it comes to certain things. Maintenance is spending time together to continue to learn each other. Spending time together to continue to do things you did prior to being married. You keep your marriage neat and clean by the check-ins, the discussions, and I don't mean arguments, the discussions that could turn into disagreements, and communication. Marriage takes nurturing. Marriage takes love. Marriage takes tender care. You must put in the work and the time 
to continue to nurture it so that it remains in a healthy state. In my opinion, there are eight tips to a healthy marriage. Tip number one is love. It seems simple enough, right? And in many cases, it's not. My husband and I make sure that we show each other love through our love languages. For instance, one of my love languages is quality time. This is something that he knows and understands. So he makes sure that he carves out space, even outside of date night, to love me in this way. We also both love the language of positive affirmations. So we celebrate each other's wins and we congratulate each other for every win, no matter what it is. Listen to one another when that person needs to be heard. Don't take each other for granted. Love boosts self-esteem and confidence. And in turn, boosting your self-esteem and confidence, will want, you'll want to boost the love in your marriage. Tip number two is communication. This is the biggest key of them all. When my husband and I started dating, we were young. I say we were still young at marriage, but mature enough to know that's what we wanted, and we were who we wanted to be with. In the early days of dating to the early days of marriage, I struggled with communication. I, as a woman, and like a lot of us think, I felt that my husband should be able to somehow read my mind to determine my mood, why I was in that mood I was in, and what he needed to do to get me out that mood. (laughs) Listen, sis, ain't no damn magic that's going to cause your man to be able to read your damn mind. Yes, he may pick up on cues, but those are just that, cues, and not a definite. It took me the longest time to mature in this way. So then I went from expecting him to read my mind to waiting. (laughs) I would wait until something didn't go my way, then blow up on everything I may have been holding in over weeks or even months instead of having dealt with that situation at the time that it occurred. Honestly, (laughs) I am surprised my husband stuck around with my crazy ass, seriously. (laughs) So then after waiting, I didn't know how to communicate without arguing. So that was my way to communicate, was to argue, was to have a disagreement, was to yell, shout. Then I went from only communicating through text if I thought it would turn into a disagreement because I lacked in the area of communication. This was my weakest point, and yet I worked on it, and my husband worked with me on it. He had no issues in this area, if you ask me. (laughs) Now, seven years later, I tell Jesse everything. How I'm feeling, why I'm in the mood, and I express it then and there, and we discuss it if that's what needs to be done. We talk to each other instead of at each other, and we understand one another. Since growing in this area, I would say that this is our strong point. We have very few, if any, arguments because our communication is so open. The fact that we do have open communication now helps us to anticipate what that other person may need during a specific time 
you can sort of begin to gauge that because you've communicated to the point that you understand one another better and each other's needs. For instance, Jesse can always tell when my mood is not at its best. He can always tell when I need that cup of relaxing tea and he'll go out of his way to make it for me and bring it to me. So he picked up on those cues um, for me during that time. But again, that's not to say that you shouldn't continue to communicate openly. I am thankful for the growth of our communication and the fact that Jesse stuck it out. Tip number three is quality time. We can get so wrapped up in ourselves, our jobs, our children, and we forget who we are together. We made this a point to not, to not do in our marriage. So once a week, since I can remember, we would have date night. It became so well known that family and friends began to recognize that on date night, we were not to be bothered because that was our time together. And this is important because it keeps us bonded and it gives us something to look forward to every week. Yes, we do our own things, but the fact that we can put things aside still for one another is key and it keeps us strong. We always try to come up with new ideas and new things to do together on date night to continue to grow as a couple, experience life, and enjoy one another. Tip number four, and even though you spend time together, tip number four is time apart. And yes, you need time together, but you also need time apart. This is because you need to be able to have your own identity as well. You shouldn't be reliant on the time you spend with your spouse. And what I mean by that is you shouldn't only spend time with your spouse. You should also be focusing on yourself. Time apart helps you to be able to focus on self-care and self-love and to help build you up so you continue to be strong for your spouse and continue to love is hard. We spend time apart focusing on our own passions and building our self-esteem and continuing to build our self-images. By doing that, we are filling ourselves up so that we can be able to pour into each other as well. We've also picked up on some of each other's interests to continue to strengthen our bond. So he knows that I like podcasting. So he takes the time to research things that I need to know or need to purchase in order to make this podcast one of the best podcasts it can be. And he also edits my videos or my podcast, sorry. I love the fact that he has his music and he DJs. So when he is, you know, in the kitchen or in the living room practicing, I come and I take over and I start DJing as well. And I picked up on that interest because that's something that he loved. And now we and we do it together. And just like this podcast, I'm speaking, but he's behind the scenes helping me. We want to be a dynamic duo when we are together. But how can you do that if you're always together? That's why time apart is so important. Tip number five is growth. We've grown so much individually, but in our marriage as well. And I'm so proud of us. In order for you to grow together, I believe you need to start to grow separately. You grow by learning yourself, reflecting, and placing self-care rituals in place. When you feel better, you do better. And when you do better, 
y'all do better. You start to grow together and pin down your strengths and work on your weaknesses as a team. Tip number six is take accountability. When you do wrong, make sure that you take the time to give a genuine apology to that person for what it is that you've done. Now, I'm no expert in this, and I'm still learning. I'm way better because rewind five years ago, and for me to apologize or say sorry was like drinking poison. I don't know if it was my ego or the fact that saying sorry was proven I was wrong, but it was very hard for me to do so. You have to be willing to put your ego aside, apologize, and be willing to understand the feelings of the other person because no matter how big or small, their feelings are still valid. And again, Jesse still stuck around, thank goodness, and worked with me instead of giving up on me. Tip number seven is patience and forgiveness. If Jesse had not been so patient with me, we may not be where we are today. You have to be understanding of each other and be willing to work on weaknesses. But understand that everyone does not go at the same pace. Some people may need longer to improve that weakness. If you love that person and understand that their ultimate goal is improvement, then give them a chance and be patient as they grow. You are with that person for a reason, so don't be so quick to give up or throw it away. Be able to forgive and offer grace and leniency. Tip number eight is enjoy each other and laugh. I can say that our home is full of laughter. All day, every day, we joke around. We have inside jokes. We have inside games. My ultimate goal has been to always put a smile on my husband's face by being my goofy self and at least once a day. Oftentimes, it exceeds more than once a day, but you get the point. I love to make him laugh and smile. And if you know my husband, you would understand that he is this laid back, observant man that really doesn't say much when around other people. But in our home, I get a different version. And I'm amazed that I bring that side out of him. So that has been my ultimate goal is to make him laugh and make him smile. And he does the same for me. And you have to be willing to do that in your marriage because, yes, yeah, shit gets serious. But you have to be willing to put some of that to the side and enjoy each other, enjoy each other's company, laugh, have fun. Life's too short. The seven-year itch, in my opinion, is bullshit. It's the need for people to always put a label on things. My husband and I continue our journey of happiness, and each day is even happier than the next. Seven-year itch, you say, right? What seven-year itch? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Tea and Talk. Stay tuned every Monday for new episodes. If you love Tea and Talk, be sure to give a rating and your feedback at the end of this episode. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email at teaandtalkwithtab at gmail.com. That's T, the word and, talkwithtab, T-A-F, at gmail.com.